Hello, everyone, and either welcome or welcome back to the Gender Libertarian Podcast. If you do like this, please rate, comment, and subscribe. You can find me on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Spotify, YouTube, and on my Patreon page where you do get early access to episodes and exclusive content. I will put the link down in the show notes. This past week has felt like it has been about a month long. But before we get into the weekly roundup, um, I do want to go ahead and say because we are approaching the holiday weeks. So over the next couple of weeks, obviously, my schedule is going to be a little different. Your schedule is probably going to be a little bit different, too. So probably going to be a little lighter on content over the next couple of weeks just because of the holidays. And because we are going into the holiday week, um, now would be a good time to say Merry Christmas to everyone who celebrates. Happy Hanukkah to everyone who celebrates that. Happy Kwanzaa. Happy Boxing Day to my Canadian folks, because by the time I make the next recording, we will be past all of that. So happy holidays to everybody who does participate in the holidays. And even if you don't, happy extra couple of days off over the next couple of weeks. So uh, having said all that, let's go ahead and get into the events from this past week, because there was a lot, a lot happened. And as per usual, obviously the Democratic debates happened. And I do give those their own episodes, so if you missed that, go ahead and go back an episode. I give each one their own recap, so that's where I cover that. But that was hardly the only thing that happened this week. Um, We, well, not we, per se, royal we here, the House impeached President Trump. Maybe. Kinda. That, that, even that seems to be somewhat open to interpretation. But yes, the vote took place on Wednesday, and that was preceded by a day-long hearing in the full House of Representatives that just was a slow descent into madness. Like, I cannot begin to explain to you how batshit crazy this got. We got to the point where there was a moment of silence held for Trump voters, We had a comparison of Trump to Jesus and saying that Pontius Pilate gave Jesus more leeway than the Democrats are giving Trump. We had every kind of hyperbolic argument in the book. We had yelling, screaming. It was just, it it got nuts. It was absolutely nuts. And the only person that sounded like they made any damn sense was Justin Amash, as usual. But it was, it was, it was nuts. It was I, I cannot overemphasize that. But we had the vote. And as everybody expected, this went down on party lines with a notable exception that we will get to here in a minute. Um, Justin Amash did vote yes. And since he's not part of the GOP anymore, he is an independent. It doesn't really count as far as him being a part of a party anymore. I'm not entirely sure how you calculate that. But preceding that, even, Trump sent a letter to Nancy Pelosi, which this is this just emphasizes how insane this whole thing got. This letter just reads like one of his campaign speeches, but just like a best of. And I'm just like, why, why, why did you do that? Why did you send that letter? Like, it's, what what was that supposed to accomplish? It accomplished nothing. I imagine Nancy Pelosi laughed and threw it in the trash can. But it just, it's, 
the it's it's gotten as far as partisan nonsense this has gotten really insane not that it wasn't to begin with and i made a point the other day on twitter and i want to go ahead and make it here and that's with this argument that this whole thing is a partisan scam witch hunt blah 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 all right if you want to make the argument that in the house this was a partisan endeavor then you have to admit that in the senate it is also going to be a partisan endeavor just in the opposite direction because you can't tell me that every republican in the senate believes deep down in their heart of hearts that donald trump did nothing wrong or that he didn't commit impeachable offenses but they'll vote to acquit him anyway i mean it's the whole thing is partisan. So it's like, if you're going to slam one house for it, then you have to slam the other one too. Anyway, moving on, because that happened. And so where we're at now with the articles of impeachment is that it seems Nancy Pelosi is delaying handing them off to the Senate for them to deliberate it. And this is where things have gotten really weird in this argument. Some people make the argument that it's not impeachment until that happens. And it seems that the the transfer of articles of impeachment from the House to the Senate is an active thing and not a passive thing. Like it's something that the house has to actually do. It doesn't just happen automatically. So that hasn't happened yet. Nancy's still holding on to them in order to try to gain some kind of leverage over the Senate in how they conduct their trial, which makes no sense because you, you, what leverage do you think you have? I mean, I'm sure Mitch McConnell would be perfectly happy to just never discuss the articles of impeachment ever in the Senate and just keep it moving. Like, like nobody is like super chomping at the bit in the Senate to do this. So I, okay. Like, I'm not entirely sure what the game plan is supposed to be here, but I will say for all of the screaming and hollering and yelling about due process that has happened during the whole House investigation, hearing, impeachment scenario, this would be the closest thing that I would be comfortable saying is a due process violation. Because if we're going to compare this to a criminal trial, which is just the easiest way to do these kinds of comparisons, which is why everyone comes back to them, this would be like if you were accused of a crime and you were you were charged with it, but then all of a sudden they just kind of sat on the charge and then just never scheduled your trial date. And yes, I know this isn't a criminal trial. I have said that several times. The Constitution does lay out in the Sixth Amendment the right to a speedy trial. And it does specifically say for criminal charges, but much like we use the First Amendment to justify free speech arguments, even though when you make a free speech argument, you may not necessarily be making a 1A argument because it may not be something where Congress is actually enacting a law in regards to speech. The Sixth Amendment, even though this particular situation is not a criminal case, it does set up kind of the expectation in this country of a speedy trial, whether it be in criminal court, whether it be in civil court, 
whether it be just anything, whether it be impeachment, that you do have the right to not just have a charge hang over your head until just whatever time we decide to schedule a trial to try you on it so that you can either testify yourself or bring witnesses or send in your own counsel or whatever it is that you choose to do. So I'm not comfortable with this idea of just holding the articles of impeachment. Like they've passed, pass them on to the Senate. We already know what's going to happen in the Senate, unfortunately. And I have lamented that plenty but there's nothing that the House can do to stop it. There's nothing Pelosi can do to stop it. So the only thing that this does is it gives people ammunition to say that, oh, well, now, like, what? So you just impeached them and then, like, what? now it's not a big deal to try them in the Senate? Like, it gives people a chance to make that bad faith argument that Democrats aren't taking this seriously. And what amuses me about this particular argument is all of a sudden, the people who were complaining that this whole process was just taking, it, it was just, it's too fast. We're doing this too fast. It's going way too fast. And now all of a sudden it's, oh, oh, this is so not important that you guys went on Christmas break and you're holding them. It's like, it's a bad faith argument either way. The Hearings take however long they're going to take. Trials take however long they're going to take. You can't really say that it was rushed through because it didn't take as long as this other one. I mean, there's plenty of reasons why trials take longer than other trials. This one didn't take as long as the Clinton impeachment. Okay. I mean, what? I'm not sure what else there is to say about that. But like I said, cycling back to my original point, I'm I'm not cool with the House just holding articles of impeachment. Like, just go ahead release them to the Senate, let them schedule it, let whatever is going to happen in the Senate happen, let everybody go on record with their votes, and just, I mean, there's there's nothing else to be done. Like, there's no point in forestalling the inevitable, so let's just do it, and then it, it is what it is. And then everybody's on record, and we already know that he's not going to be removed from office, that the Senate will vote to acquit him. And yeah, <laughs> and as shitty as that is, and I, I I, have, like I've said, I've lamented this, and I, I have serious, serious problems with the way that has gone down, and just, it, it's, it's not good. I, I do still think that this process does have value to it, if for nothing else than to get people on record with what is and is not an impeachable offense, apparently. So moving on to probably the most controversial vote in the House, and that would be Tulsi Gabbard, who did not vote yay or nay. She voted present. She voted present because she had said even before her vote that what she would support is censure. And so... In keeping with that, she voted present, and then she also presented an idea to censure him, not based on anything in the Articles of Impeachment, but for Syria, Yemen, war-related things, stuff like that. So it sets up this question of kind of censure versus impeachment and whether it would have been better for Democrats to have kind of pursued censure instead of impeachment. And there were rumors before the impeachment vote that 
maybe that would be something that was on the table, that maybe they would move more towards censure. And for what it's worth, if you don't know what censure is, it's basically Congress or whichever house, whichever chamber does the, the act of censuring, basically saying, you did a thing that was a really bad thing. Don't do the thing again. It was bad. But it doesn't rise to the level of impeachment because obviously impeachment brings with it the possibility of being removed from office, whereas censure does not. So here's the thing. I could get behind the idea of censure if the Republican stance on what Trump did was, yes, it was bad, but not an impeachable offense. That's not their stance. Their stance is that Trump did nothing wrong. So for censure, you'd be in the same exact spot as you are with impeachment, which is that you're not going to get any Republicans on board, or at least not enough, especially in the Senate, that it's going to make a difference. So for House Democrats, looking at that calculus and looking at that math, then yeah, you go for impeachment. I mean, you might as well get impeachment on the record. And as far as I'm concerned, yes, he was impeached. Whether you want to get into the semantics of when exactly the impeachment becomes official, it, the vote happened. He was impeached. I don't know. Like I said, there's just been some weird ass arguments made this week. But I mean, it just, I just, I don't see where censure for anything is going to do a damn bit of good because Trump's not going to care. Republicans aren't going to care. They're basically going to be like, oh, well, fuck you. I So, okay, you don't like what I did. whoop de freaking do So that's that. And a lot of people are mad at Tulsi for not voting yay or nay. Personally, I'm, I don't care. I'm fine with it. She gave her reasons for why she voted the way she voted. And to me, that's all I ask is like, if you're going to do something, just explain why you're doing it. And she did. She did it because she supports censure and not impeachment. Okay, cool. That's fine. Fine, fine, fine. Not really mad at her for that. I don't know. People like to get mad at people for for things. And I was just like, "Eh, it doesn't matter. It genuinely doesn't matter. And it's not like her voting present really affected the vote tally in any way, shape, or form. So, yeah, that happened. So, the president is impeached. And, yeah, I mean, it's it's only the third time in history this has happened. So, it's kind of a big deal. But it, it's, I don't know. And I don't know if it's just because of our news cycle or just... The attention span of this country has gone to shit, but a lot of people have talked about how obviously this dominated the news cycle until the vote happened, and then the vote happened, and then we talked about it for like six hours afterwards, and everybody moved on. And I'm just like, I don't know if it's just because there's nothing new to talk about on that front. I don't think it's because people just stopped caring. I just think it's like there's so much other shit to talk about that absent anything brand new and fresh to talk about on the impeachment front, something else just rushes in to fill the void. So I don't know. Obviously, we'll be taking this back up after the new year. Once Congress is back in session, what will happen with the articles of impeachment then? I don't know. 
Um, I mean, obviously everybody's on vacation, so I don't really see anything happening. Who knows? Who knows? But I do think eventually it will make it into the Senate. And like I said, we already know what's going to happen. But anyway, moving on to other things that happened this week. So you guys remember that one time that Trump signed a bloated omnibus spending bill to avoid a government shutdown, and he swore up and down that this would be the last time he'd ever do this? Yeah, he's done it about three times since then, the most recent one being this week. And so, new spending bill. Wee! Yay! $1.4 trillion. Yeah, because we apparently have $1.4 trillion lying around to fund things like Space Force. Space Force is officially going to be a thing because clearly we have to militarize space. That's the most important shit that we can possibly be doing right now is militarizing space. <laughs> it literally sets up a new branch of the army. Actually, not the army. Let me be more precise. I believe it's actually going to be under the auspices of the Air Force, obviously. That would be the logical place to put it. But it's going to be a new branch of the military. What it's going to do? Beats me. <laughs> Go into space? I, I don't know. <laughs> I'm just, I can't believe this is actually going to happen. Like, this whole thing started with a dumbass idea out of a dumbass man's mouth, and now we're literally going to have Space Force. And in the bill, obviously, there is more funding for the wall. Obviously, more funding for more military spending, because let's just... Uh, you know, gotta prop up that military-industrial complex, I guess. Remember, this was the man who ran on um, getting us out of wars and kind of doing away with some of this stuff? Yeah. Nah, not so much. A weird thing that kind of got shoved into here, too, is... And, and again, this just goes to show... The amount of shit that gets shoved into omnibus spending bills. I mean, this sucker is over 2,000 pages long. Nobody read it because nobody had time to read it. Because you can't read 2,000 pages in, like, the span of half of a day. Which is about what they were given. I think it's about 16 hours that they were given to read it before taking it up for a vote. Apparently, somebody stuck in there that Liberian immigrants who are here on temporary protected status can now apply for permanent residence. Which is good, but it didn't belong in this bill. <laughs> and it's just like, it's, I, I'm sure the longer we wait, the more random stuff that's going to come out like that. And it's not to say that that's a bad thing. I mean, uh, hooray for Liberians who have been here for ages and ages and ages under TPS, who now have a chance to actually become legal permanent residents. Hooray for them. Hooray for them. But Probably the most controversial part of the new spending bill is that in this bill, again, apropos of things that do not belong in spending bills, what this is doing in a spending bill, I have no freaking clue. Apparently, the federal government is now raising the age for tobacco purchasing to 21. <sighs> of course, this is off the back of the ridiculous vaping panic of 2019, which even the CDC has admitted that those who have gotten sick from vaping have done so 
by and large, from vaping illegal THC products. Now, people are all concerned about the kids. If you are underage and you are vaping THC products, you are already doing something illegal. That's already against the law. Even in states where cannabis is legal, um, at best, you're looking at 18. Most states have tied that to the age of drinking, which is 21. So, I mean, I don't. There, there's already laws in place to fix that. Um, the age to buy tobacco was already, I mean, if you were underage, you already couldn't. You had to be at least 18. So, anybody who was vaping underage anything was already doing it illegally. So what the fuck? So off the backs of all this, now we raise the legal smoking age to 21. Now, if you are an adult at 18, why can you not drink and smoke at 18? You can go sign up for the military. You can go sign a contract that will oblige you to be either anywhere from tens to hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt by the time you finish your college education. You can be tried as an adult because you are legally an adult for any crime that you commit. The law treats you as an adult. So why the fuck can you not drink and smoke at 18? That makes no damn sense. And now this also leaves... What happens to the 18, 19, and 20-year-olds who, prior to this, were doing something completely legal for them to do, but now it's illegal for them to do? I mean, whatever you may happen to think of smoking or vaping, whatever, when you're a legal adult, you get to make these choices for yourself. I make plenty of choices that are probably not the best choices for my personal health, but I'm an adult, and I get to do that. And so should everybody else. So now you have this group of people who are taking an addictive substance. Nicotine is addictive. Now it's illegal for them to, to do it. So now what are they going to do? <laughs> this is just going to create a new black market, you fucking idiots. Because, I mean, it's not like you just quit cold turkey. And, and they shouldn't have to. You're, you're a grown-up. If you want to smoke regular cigarettes, if you want to vape, okay, fine. Go for it. Do you. Don't judge me for my choices either. But now, it, and it just shows, like, the capriciousness of making things illegal. It's one day a thing can be legal for you to do, and then the next day it's not. And so then you're kind of left there like, well, now what am I supposed to do? Like, what's a 19-year-old who vapes supposed to do now? Like, you're, you're going to have to get it illegally. <laughs> it's like, I wonder if people stop to think about things before they do them. Of, of course they don't. But it's just like, I mean, there's not even like a phase-in period or anything. It's just, boop, it's illegal now. So, yeah. Just absolute fucking ridiculousness off the back of something that never should have been hyped in the first place. Vaping has helped so many people kick traditional cigarettes 
And so you get your nicotine without all of the nasty side effects of regular cigarettes. Cool. Sweet. I, I, what's the problem? I don't see what the issue is. But apparently, because of the kids, now everybody has to suffer. And obviously, if you've been following this, it's not just that they raised the age of tobacco to 21 and now you have the 18, 19, and 20-year-olds. A lot of products have been taken off the market because they, quote-unquote, appeal to kids. Well, these products also appeal to adults, too. Like, flavors for your vapes. I don't know how this shit works. I've never, well, I won't say I've never vaped anything. I have vaped THC once. Wasn't that bad. But I've never vaped nicotine, so I don't really know how this works. But there were flavors, and now you guys can't have flavors because kids like flavors. Apparently, adults just don't ever eat or ingest anything with flavors. Like, apparently, I guess, once you turn 18, you're supposed to just live off of water and dried chicken. I guess. I don't know. But adults like flavors too. So it's just, it's this whole panic over something that doesn't even exist. Like, what the fuck? And now you've gone and raised the legal age for tobacco to 21. (sighs) Damn it, damn it, damn it, damn it, damn it. But there it is. There's the federal government telling adults once again, what they can and cannot put in their bodies. Me, personally, keep the legal age of tobacco to 18, drop the drinking age to 18, make the age of being able to purchase THC products at 18, because you're a fucking adult at 18. You're legally an adult. I just, I don't, I don't understand these tears. Like, what, I I can do these things at 18, but I have to wait till I'm 21 to do these other things. But I can do things at 18 that are way more detrimental to my future than these things that I have to wait till I'm 21 to do. This shit makes no sense. It makes no sense. But until such a day as somebody regains some kind of sense somewhere in the federal government and realizes that this 1821 thing is stupid, this is what we get to deal with. And so I think it really sucks for those people who were doing a thing legally and now it is illegal for them to do it because somebody got a bug up their ass about a non-existent health crisis. You know, it's, it's times like this where I think the federal government does more to create libertarians and promote the libertarian cause than any libertarian has ever done. Because I'm pretty sure you could go make a pretty good pitch to a 20-year-old who now has to figure out how to get their tobacco illegally that, you know what, the federal government's kind of shitty. And you know what, maybe we can use a little less of them. And so maybe you should come sit at our table. and We can talk about some other stuff too. But that's it. That's the week. So much stuff happened. And now we will hopefully have a couple of somewhat quiet weeks because everybody's on vacation. Not to say that there won't be anything that happens. But we can keep our fingers crossed that maybe we can have a somewhat sane, normal holiday weeks in in somewhat peace. I'm not holding my breath. But hopefully, hopefully. So... At this point, I'm going to go ahead and wrap this up. As always, if you did make it this far, thank you for listening. And if you do like this, please rate, comment, and subscribe. 
You can find me on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Spotify, YouTube, and on my Patreon page. Take care, and until next time.